Hi, I'm Julie. And I'm Hallie. And we're the hosts of Metaphysical Nomads. Woo! We're the podcast where we talk about all kinds of random things that really cannot be proven. And today's episode is very random and very much cannot be proven, yet it is part of our society at every level, even as children. We know all about this topic. We learn about this topic. But is it really true? Hallie, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about mystical creatures. Um, and you've all heard of a mystical creature at some point in time. Some of the most common are dragons, fairies, elves, you know, those are the kind of things we're going to be talking about today. Um, and I'm going to start by saying that kind of every single culture in the world has at some point in its history developed its own magical or mystical creatures. Um, the biology and the scientific perspective is that these might have been attempts to describe creatures that were in different places that, you know, you couldn't take a picture of it and been like, look what weird thing I just saw. Um, and so, for example, I, I believe it's the the questing beast is something from British mythology. And it's been thought that this is perhaps a, a, someone trying to describe a giraffe because it's described as having like the neck of a snake, the tail of a horse or the body of a horse, um, the uh, like head of a something else. Um, and so it's thought that that might maybe be someone trying to describe a giraffe and people trying to draw it and not coming up with a decent answer. Um, so that's where some mystical beasts come from. However, there is a very interesting mystical creature um, in dragons. And that is to say that in almost every single culture on earth, dragons are prevalent in some sort of mythology. Well, not only are they present in some sort of mythology around the earth, but if you listen to our podcast on Chinese astrology, mm -hmm. they are the only animal on the 12 animal wheel that is a mystical creature that we, that does not exist in, you know, day-to-day -day life here on earth today, mm -hmm. in this time, in this dimension. So there are some sort of theories, if we are assuming... Um, and this podcast, you know, is, it's going to start with the assumption that mystical creatures are all real. They're all real. They're just, you know, somewhere where we can't see them. Um, well, they're... are they? Ha well, let me let me back up. We're assuming that they are real, and that might be your assumption. And maybe <laughs> I believe some of that too. But we'll get into that. But but it they could be different dimensions. Mm -hmm. They could exist, like you know, all the kinds of mystical creatures we keep finding in deep oceans and things yeah. or even they could have existed in our past yes i was because gonna say all of those things okay all right well then i covered it for you thank all you right. go ahead <laughs> um so uh, as mom said there's a bunch of different theories of like if and again we are assuming for the podcast for the for the duration of this 30 minutes or so we are assuming magical creatures exist if they exist how did they exist do they exist now and where do they exist well one of the early um or one of the ideas is that they magical creatures did exist in the past, and then for whatever reason, they all went extinct. So like in our past history, the reason why we have everybody has a story about dragons or has, you know, these stories in our history is that they at one point existed, and then they either went into hiding, so we don't see them anymore, or more integrated with our culture, or just went extinct, and there were other, you know, phenomena so, or events. So is a dinosaur a mystical creature? 
because they exist. Potentially. Our, <laughs> I don't think that would be, that makes sense for our podcast today because that's not really what we're talking about, but maybe. But okay. that is one of the theories okay. on magical creatures. This is where yeah. we're going with this. Uh, the other theory is that they exist, but in a different dimension to us. So if you were, you know, to shift a dimension, you could see all of the magical creatures and they'd all be there. Um, and you can shift dimensions by raising your frequency and raising your energy and attuning to the higher dimensions. Yeah. And so then you'd have a connection in the, say, fifth dimension mm -hmm. with a bunch of mystical creatures well, and that, that live simultaneously with us. Yes. And, uh, and well, that's a good point. You know, one of the things that, you know, we have kind of discussed, but not really in this podcast is that supposedly at right now in the metaphysical world, the earth is going through a huge shift. And what will either happen is we will crumble and fall into pieces, or we will raise our frequency and be able to enter maybe higher dimensions as, you know, potentially humanity as a whole. Um, or sections and groups of humanity, which might mean that we might be more, might be seeing more mystical creatures in the future. Well, I don't know that we don't see them already because like sometimes you're, you know, out working in your garden, you see little flashes of light or little sparkles mm -hmm. or things like that, but we'll get it. That's a different, we haven't gotten to them yet. <laughs> Let's back to dragons, back to dragons, <laughs> back to dragons. So in the metaphysical world, in the mystical world, what are dragons? What do dragons mean? What do dragons do? Um, in the metaphysical world, dragons are everywhere. You know, they're in they're in a bunch of places. They're all over the world. They, you know, love Earth. They have a strong connection to Earth. And uh, they oftentimes, I mean, with most mystical creatures, they are off doing their own things. But when they interact with humans, dragons oftentimes serve a protective role, um, especially around, you know, specific places. You know, you have that image of the, the dragon that has its cave and all its treasures, you know, and will protect its cave and treasures. And um, in, in the metaphysical world, if you have gotten the protection of the dragon, you are like now the dragon's treasure. So it's, you know, it wants to protect you and it's a choice that the dragon makes. It's not like it has an obligation to protect us or protect a space or protect anything. It is a choice that the dragon makes that it goes, I like this, whatever person, place, thing, I am going to choose to protect it. So I, for example, when we moved to this land in Colorado and our acreage, I called in dragons and well, or maybe the dragons called in me, but regardless, <laughs> They are stationed at all of the four points of our property and are guarding our property. Mm -hmm. At and least I like to think so. Yes. <laughs> it's all, even if it's setting the intention, I set the intention to have the dragons here protecting us and protecting our property on the land. And, you know, there's all kinds of threats, you know, wildfire and other things too. And they're good about that. Speaking of not all dragons breathe fire. That was, yes. that was, that's sort of a, a made up thing. Yes. Okay. So um, some and, can, but not, it's not a thing really for a lot of dragons. And usually um, there's, there's kind of different elements associated with a dragon. So some dragons are like more attuned with water um, and very much, you know, in and around the water on the earth. Um, some more in land, some more in the sky, you know, there, there are places that dragons are and not fire is not always where it's at it would make sense in chinese astrology that you might have metal dragons water dragons mm -hmm. air dragons fire earth dragons, dragons earth mm -hmm. dragons all you know various elements to kind of you know ground 
and and dragons i think can be very very small or they can be very very big i think they're capable of range. a wide variety of ranges yeah interesting um but again going along the protection um thing that we talked about when you know mom brought in the dragons to the land well i was living alone on the land for a while and i had a kind of scary experience where i thought somebody would be was watching me and I, after that, you know, would sometimes feel unsafe. And whenever I did that, I would call in the dragons and I would, they would, I would see them in my mind's eye kind of swarming and circling around the house as like, you know, we are guards, you know, where they leave their posts kind of at the edges of the land and come closer to the house so that they could be my guards in those moments um, to keep me safe and protect me. And eventually, because I think they want to be on the corners of the land, they brought in some other creatures to help be protecting and they said call on these creatures um, so we like dragons but we and like dragons, dragons. and dragons you're right are in every single culture so it is curious mm -hmm. kind of where they came from but it's sort of like various religion overtones that kind of keep appearing Popping in different again different again. cultures they're there so mm -hmm. we we like dragons we're fans we're fans dragons what else what else do we have in the mystical creature realm heli heli another big one that lots of people talk about and are you know very kind of in touch and and like to be around humans are fairies love fairies love fairies although and they can be mischievous they can be very mischievous <laughs> um fairies are fun so the the reason we're starting to talk about dragons and fairies is these are the ones that kind of have the most interactions with humans there are lots of mystical creatures that exist um but not all of them necessarily want to be hanging out with humans some have stronger connections to the land uh and to the earth in general and not necessarily like humans or the creatures on it but fairies love hanging out with humans um they like messing with us they enjoy you know playing pranks and being mischievous um they also enjoy they're very curious so they're curious about human lives and, and human things we had a an experience in our house when we lived back in arizona that uh we had all these you know mechanical issues that just kept popping up specifically with with our washer and dryer and we'd and we'd bring someone in and they'd you know be like oh you know that's so weird and and they would fix it and then like two days later we'd come back again and the person we had gotten to fix our washer and dryer was you know confused but kept fixing it and we were like well what is going on and we finally we, we meditated on it and tapped into our metaphysical and um we learned that there were fairies in our house messing with our washer and dryer because they wanted to know more about it um but all we had to do is ask them to stop and tell them please you know leave the washer and dryer alone and it was fine and it was fine and we did not have the issue again so you know it was, they, they're curious about technology they I are curious about technology but i always call them into my gardens every single time i have a garden or i'm working in the garden i always call into the fairies to help you know grow the garden protect the garden and i and i do I, you know who knows intention or whatever my gardens look really really good when i've yes. called in the fairies and and some people and specifically in the areas that you've called in the fairies you know we have one right. section of our, our front yard that is specifically the fairy garden and it is so filled with flowers that we did not plant there yes uh, overflowing 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 and some people you know like people will make those little fairy houses and fairy little fairy chairs and things like that and you can go put those in your garden i don't do that because i live on you know land with skunks and big big <laughs> creatures and foxes and things like that but you do that and that's a good way of setting intention of like i'd like the fairies here and it's just a great way to put intention towards your garden so those i think i the fairies are fun fairies are fun and they do like to help with gardening although i will mention they like to help with gardening but in their own way 
So if you're looking for like a very structured garden that you want exactly the way you want it, fairies are perhaps not the best people to call in. The English gardens, for example. Yeah, the, the English gardens, structured. the highly structured gardens. If that's what you're looking for in your garden, um, fairies are perhaps not who would like to, uh, you would like to be there because they have their own mindset of how a garden should look. Um, oftentimes it is more filled with like your plants that are native to this air to the area um and they have their own idea of like what a structured garden looks like and it is not the human version of what a structured garden looks like well regardless i think ours is very pretty our ours is garden. very pretty and it, i'm creating new ones too now there's other ones that we we know that sometimes pop in the nature the nature sprites mm -hmm. gnomes or yep. there's that history the, the leprechauns mm -hmm. Those are all kind of ones that like to be in nature. Do we have anything to say about any of those categories? We have a debate going on with, with leprechauns where we don't actually think the leprechauns like the name leprechaun, um, but we haven't figured out what name they do like. Uh, so like brownie has been thrown out there as like that was that's a more appropriate name. Um, some other ones that I can't remember off the top of my head at the moment, but I, I'm fairly certain that leprechauns do not like the term leprechaun. I love the way you say, we are having a debate. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, you and I are debating the leprechauns. <laughs> well, we, had a, we had a whole discussion about it, you know. Oh, you and I, well, we're right. You we did and I, have we a had it. We had a discussion about, about what. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but I'm like, what? What are we? <laughs> yes. Okay, fair enough. So there's, and the leprechauns, leprechauns are the ones that in history are kind of, you know, finding into the rainbow pot of gold thing. I think that's a bunch of, you know, that's kind of a silly story, but yeah, but we're, we're not could... convinced that that's exactly, we, in our mind, leprechaun brownies, whatever they'd like to be referred to as, um, they serve a different purpose and they've very much been cartoon characterized yeah i think so you know fallen into a kind of lucky charm yeah call it falling into like the lucky charms man that that's not really what they are uh -huh. um and so they're they don't think they they maybe at one point liked the name leprechaun but that it wasn't it doesn't fit them now because it's just been so cartoon yeah turned into such a cartoon well i was traveling once them. and i was in um i can't remember if it was ireland or scotland and and or maybe it was iceland because uh, yeah it was iceland anyway one of those kind of north sea type countries and there were these huge rock these not huge i should say these rock foundations uh, you know formations are probably about the size of your knees and they were all over this landscape and they had said that this is kind of where the 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 gnomes live and the and the leprechauns live and i have to say it, this whole area this particular was like a, it was like a rock forest it, it did get this creepy feeling like little things were sort of popping out of the rocks and looking at you and it was you know i don't know if it was planted as a seed because you know me like somebody had just said this so now i'm a little extra sensitive to it but i really did feel like i was being watched and i could see how that mythology could easily grow up and come to be with this these little rock formations and what's looking in little small things that are watching you but it wouldn't surprise me in the least and a lot of these things again have been ma mainstream we have people buy little statues of gnomes and put them in their gardens yeah. you know i mean like th this has sort of become part of our culture whether they're 
they exist or not, they are a huge part. As I said, like the leprechaun on Lucky Charms. Like, yeah. how how on earth have we really just adopted this? And the other one that's really popular, particularly among young girls and a lot of well, a lot of people generally, are unicorns. Those mm-hmm. that's a real thing too. And that wasn't even in Harry Potter had unicorns. Harry Potter had a lot, a lot of, of Harry Potter mystical in a magical world. Yeah, um, magical worlds. And even had a movie. Didn't they have a movie about mystical creatures? Yes, Fantastic Beasts. Where yeah, to find but them? But theirs are even you know kind of more more in, more interesting and more intricate and detailed but anyway it's interesting that these things either whether they are in a different dimension they're in our past they're in our future they're in our current or the create creations of our mind they are in our culture they are everywhere yeah. so we really have a connection with this and um one fun thing that i i like to add is that um we we talked about unicorns um, with my fellow biologists when I was studying biology uh, in university, and we were all discussing and we're like, isn't it insane that the unicorn doesn't exist, but the giraffe does? Like, you know, considering like all things considered, a horse with a horn on its head is a much simpler design than this creature with a giant neck and like, <laughs> yeah, you know. And and so it, there's there's tons of like animals like that where it seems like the unicorn would be way easier to have happened evolutionarily than like you know a giraffe or but and then you've got creatures like rhinos that have horns on their heads or narwhals that have horns on their heads. Anyway, we think it would have been very possible for a horse to have developed a horn on its head at some point in time and become a unicorn. Well, we yeah, absolutely. A unicorn, <laughs> I think, is the the easiest one to even think about About. because Mm -hmm. it really is just like something we already have Mm -hmm. but you know they're supposed to be more pure and do not like to associate with people typically yes like unlike unlike some of the others who like to be there and like to kind of mess around or you know work what about things like goblins are goblins like mystical creatures do we put them in goblins would be mystical creatures i don't think goblins really want much to do with humans i imagine they're kind of in like the rocks and earth if you know if go- if goblins are around i would imagine that goblins are like in caves and mines and things like that and just you know very much doing their own thing i don't think they'd want to mess with humans all that much um mm. like fairies for example are attracted to joy and so at like joyful events weddings birthday parties things like that especially ones that take place outside fairies are almost guaranteed to be there because they love joy and and so you know they are attracted to that but goblins i think are just more much more if they're around i think goblins are much more in tune with like rocks and like much care care more about rocks and minerals than they do about humans and the people around them what about elves elves um are supposedly very much around um and especially in kind of like you know foresty big wilderness places um, but potentially even more, they're they're one of the ones that people would say, you know, potentially walk among us as elves that you just don't quite well, know. Well, that gets into my whole thing on reincarnation. If you listen to our reincarnation mm-hmm. podcast, because I do believe in that. And there are people who I think and I've seen or believe come in with an elven energy. Yeah. Like they have had elven lifetimes, they even look kind of elvish mm-hmm. in this in this lifetime or look like a nature sprite even, or even look like a fairy. Like like they can, you can have different incarnations into various mystical creatures. 
isn't that an interesting mind-blowing concept yeah. so that's that's yeah and i and i think they're you know i don't know i've never i've never seen any of these but no. you know i guess in my in i've seen them in my head but i don't think that counts <laughs> um and now, you know, before we continue, we have to make sure that we talk about the water mystical creatures, your mermaids, your sirens, your um, sea monsters. They are, you know, I, I think they would be very upset if we forgot to talk about them in this podcast. <laughs> I agree. But like, why does the octopus like exist in reality that we can see when I think it's a mystical creature? <laughs> And we're not going to go into it again, because if you want to hear about that, you can go to our, our aliens our podcast. Alien podcast. Okay, but yes, all the water sprites. So what are, do you think they're there? Um, I mean, we have explored so little of our ocean. Um, and for part of, you know, going back to what I was kind of saying at the beginning, where how some of these mystical creatures might have been animals, there is talk that maybe mermaids were in fact manatees. And when the first people saw manatees, they kind of were like, you know, thought that they were mermaids. There's a bunch of weird creatures in the ocean. Um, and we've explored so little of our ocean that of all of the mystical creatures that are around and could exist in our physical realm as we know it, any of the sea creatures are the ones that easily, 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 easily could exist more. Um, I mean, we're still looking for the Loch Ness Monster. We're still looking for the Loch Ness Monster. Most recent thing on the Loch Ness Monster was it was very possible that it used, it was a dinosaur, like something from the prehistoric age that got stuck there, um, you know, could still be there. Loch Ness Monster. We have um, other sea monsters that, you know, we haven't even begun to explore. Weird stuff comes out of the ocean some very odd looking things that definitely could be mystical creatures. Well, you know, when you were going to school in Scotland and your brother and I, we all went over to Loch Ness mm -hmm. and we were all excited to go look for the Loch Ness monster as, as everybody. And we ended up going to the Loch Ness museum. Yes. And we went through the whole museum and the whole museum is very anti Loch Ness. It's monster. very anti Loch Ness. We were monster. very disappointed that they basically concluded there is no such thing as the Loch Ness monster. I was very upset by that, which is, uh, which is totally the wrong wrong answer for a Loch Ness Monster Museum. If you're right. going to be a Loch Ness Monster Museum, you have to end with, but what haven't we looked at or has, is there the past? And you know, the, the great thing about that is when we, we, we went to the Loch Ness Monster Museum and then later, like a few years later, they came out with this article about how the Loch Ness Monster could have been like a Pletiosaurus or something like that. One of the ones that, one of the dinosaurs that swim in the dinosaur. ocean. Yeah. Um, and how potentially that was there and it still survived and and was able to kind of live in the in Loch Ness for a bit. And anyway, it was a whole thing. So there were still other options that could have been explored in the Loch Ness Muse Monster Museum as to if the Loch Ness Monster existed. I think it was put together by a grumpy old man who didn't want visitors coming to his <laughs> lake house area anymore. Because come on, where's the fun in that? I know. Anyway, and then there have been FYI sightings since the museum opened. So they continue to investigate, but that's no fun. There's no fun in that. Okay, so that's that's the water creatures. Um, mermaids. mermaids. Mermaids and sirens. Okay, mermaids and sirens. Um, mermaids and sirens. Um, I like to think that they exist. I, I'm thinking that they if they exist they probably exist more in an alternate dimension like with the dragons and the fairies um but they they definitely exist they're definitely connected to water um i think you hear a lot of stories about them interacting with humans i don't think i've ever lived in a place 
that they would be that I could have any stories about them interacting with humans. But I definitely think that they're there and around and in another dimension. Well, the ones that do interact in our physical plane with humans are dolphins. And, you you know, a lot of those stories are people who are like near drownings and then they have sort of a sighting and believe that they're being saved by this beautiful mermaid. mermaid. And I wonder. It's actually a dolphin. Well, you know, I don't know. You see a tail and you're you're half dead or you're yeah. you know, coming and somehow you're safe because there have been stories Could be about dolphins. that. dolphins. But I, you know, again, mermaids are, again, part of our culture. It's, they are so, all these creatures are so integrated. Like you guys are listening and you're probably like, this is the most ridiculous podcast. Like <laughs> these things do not exist. Or maybe you're really into it. And maybe you're like, yeah, rock on Julian Hallie. <sighs> but you know, regardless, you, you've heard of all of these. We're not talking about anything random right, that you've no. never heard about. You grew up with stories of them. We so. didn't have to do an intro of like, what is a mystical creature? Right, you right. know, a mystical what is creature? a dragon? Everybody knows what a dragon, dragon is. is. Yeah. So I'm going to do a little deviation here in a few more minutes, and then I'll let you, Hallie, round us up. But there's this whole thing about Bigfoot, right? Yes. And everybody keeps having these Bigfoot sightings, particularly in Canada and in the United States. I don't, you know, there's Yetis, I know, sightings Could and things furries. like in... They could be what? Could be furries. You furries? Know, the people who, who... Oh, no, furries. Well, what <laughs> I was... just walking around. Well, that's what I was saying. So, so my son Henry and I were watching the show that's on television called like Big Finding Bigfoot or whatever. And we noticed that all the people who are out looking for Bigfoot actually wear Bigfoot costumes <laughs> because they feel like they're more likely to attract Bigfoot if they're wearing a Bigfoot costume. And so you'll see... A guy in a Bigfoot costume walking through the forest looking for Bigfoot. And then, strangely enough, more sightings of Bigfoot in Ohio. And, and we're like, do you not see the problem here? Like, to me, of course, you're seeing lots of sightings because you have people dressed up like Bigfoot. Bigfoot walking through the forest so and then i just saw that ohio had like ohio of all places is having their like annual bigfoot festival and of course i'm like i have to go to this but i didn't have enough time because but would that have been awesome to go see the big okay but anyway i don't think bigfoot um maybe it exists maybe it doesn't in this plane maybe it's just a big i don't really know yetis maybe yes maybe no but it is kind of funny if you're, you know, yeah. I think we're part of our sightings are actually us, yeah, us creating the sightings. Okay. All right. So I'll let, I'll let you wrap up, Hallie, with anything we've forgotten to mention. I think the final wrap up is, is that there's a lot of different explanations for mystical creatures. Um, I don't necessarily think that all the mystical creatures we've talked about actually exist. The Bigfoot sighting is, is a great one. I'm not, I'm not a huge believer in Bigfoot um, I think that's potentially just a lot of humans seeing each other. Um, however, there are ones that I do believe exist, maybe not necessarily on our plane or our dimension, um, but the kind of universal theory, uh, seeings of, of dragons in the past and, and putting them in our mythology, fairies and kind of fairy folk are a very common one as well in a, in a lot of different kinds of mythologies. There's a lot of mystical creatures related to snakes that I don't necessarily think are snake mystical creatures, but have more to do with snakes being very intuitive and mystical animals themselves. Um, and overall, I just think that there's, and you know, mermaids and stuff. I do also, that's another big one that a lot of sailors on the sea come back with tales of mermaids. Um, so that's, I feel like gotta be something somewhere that makes sense. Um, so I, I think that there is definitely room for mystical creatures to exist on in this world and in our lives. I think whether or not they actually exist in any sort of physical realm, whether it be another dimension or in this 
realm itself. They certainly have play a big part in our global cultures um, and in the way we tell stories about the world. Well, I, I agree. I think they, you know, they, they also just don't get a lot of study. It'd be interesting yeah. to actually do some studies around this. So if there's any PhD students out there who want to do an interesting thesis, do fairies <laughs> exist? Maybe maybe they already done this, but, <laughs> but fairy sightings, I mean, you know, they might you, have a you, hard time. Proving you can't, that. you can't say this is all crazy though, because now the governments of almost all of our major nations are now investigating UFOs. So <laughs> We, you know, how, I don't know how far out there we go, but, you know, I personally, regardless of whether you believe or not, I like to call in the dragons for protection. I like to call in the fairies for my gardens. I probably should do some more meditation and think about what else I could be drawing into yeah. our land and into our life just to make life more fun and joyful because a lot of these creatures, you know, they have a purpose. They want to, they want to do their job just like you know, others, like we all do, we want to, we want to have something like that. And I just think it's fun to bring them in and fun to think of their existence and fun it's to fun. meditate and try to communicate with them and, and see where this all leads us. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's definitely fun to have a more mystical element in your life. Yes. Hence metaphysical, metaphysical nomads. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Bye.